Welcome to CTSNet to Go, bringing your discussions about the most relevant topics in cardiothoracic surgery. The Cardiothoracic Surgery Network, known as CTSNet, aims to connect the global cardiothoracic surgical community through communication, collaboration, education, and interaction among cardiothoracic surgeons and their teams across the globe. Learn more at ctsnet.org. My name is Shanda Blackman, and I'm just one of the hosts of CTSNet2Go. In this podcast, you will be exposed to one of the roundtables that will show you what surgeons today are talking about. Hello, and welcome to this CTSNet roundtable on the importance of physical health to prevent burnout among surgeons. We have several surgeons with us today whom I know have all prioritized their physical health and fitness as part of their work-life balance. Let's begin by having our panelists introduce themselves. I'm Mara Antonoff. I'm a thoracic surgeon at MD Anderson in Houston. I'm Robert Serfolio. I'm a thoracic surgeon and a chief operating officer at NYU in New York City. I'm Lisa Brown. I'm a thoracic surgeon at University of California, Davis in Sacramento, California. Jennifer Lawton, cardiac surgeon, Johns Hopkins, Baltimore. Burnout is a very real problem for physicians, and recent survey data suggests that this is even particularly emphasized among surgeons. The consequences are concerning, including attrition, anxiety, and depression, and dampened interpersonal relationships, and not to mention the potential impact on job performance. There are a number of risk factors for surgeon burnout that have been objectively demonstrated, including female gender, lack of support networks, and lack of external activities in one's life. Today, we're going to delve into the role of physical fitness in preventing burnout. So just to get started, a quick question. Would each of the panelists mind sharing in which types of activities do you engage in terms of physical fitness? Um, I try to change my physical activities on a daily basis. I have several different machines at my house, so I have an option. Elliptical rowing machine are my favorites. And did you want time of day to be talking? So I figured out several years ago, the only way I can get it done is in the morning when Mm -hmm. everyone else is sleeping before work. But the idea to have it in your house saves you so much travel that's time. Right. That's, that's critical. Right. Now, not everybody can afford that. So what do you do for people who don't have as much money as you? What one machine would you get? Uh, I'd get the elliptical. Okay. Dr. Brown? Yeah, so I'm different. So I, I live alone, and sometimes I just need to get out. So I go to the gym. Yeah. And that's uh, it's also... Uh, it's good for my, you know, social network and networking and things like that. So, but I do have a Peloton at my house, so yeah. I am very into cycling. I've always cycled. I used to do triathlons. In fact, I did a half Ironman uh, a long time ago. But since then, I've foregone the swimming and the running, stick with cycling, and then I've brought it uh, from on the road to in my house, which has been awesome. And <coughs> I lift weights, so yeah. nothing has made more of an impact in my physical health yeah. than lifting weights. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I actually, I agree with that last point. I think uh, too many surgeons I know do the cardio, the cardiovascular aspect, but yeah. don't do the, the weightlifting. Right. And so I've always been into that just because of college sports and high school sports, but lately have mixed it up with hit, you know, high intensity yes. training. And I have my third bedroom is a Murphy bed, which is a gym. It's got all the free weights in it and a bike and a bench. But then I also like the fact that you can go to a gym, so I belong to one too. So occasionally on the weekend, you can spend more time and do that. And then there's a social aspect. So I think you cover all the bases, but the mistake is to do the same thing all the time. It's bad for your muscles. Uh, it's also not, not the, it's not the same way to be able to interact with other people yeah. and you don't get the same bang for the buck. So keep a variety, swimming, yeah. weightlifting, uh, bicycling, et cetera. 
like you guys, I, I, I do incorporate a, a variety of activities and I, I do have equipment in my home like Dr. Lawton does. I have an elliptical machine and a Peloton and now we're new owners of the mirror. Um, oh, it's another yeah. interactive way to do a variety of activities. Um, and I like having it at home for days if you really only have a little bit of time before you head to work or head to the OR. I will say, while the Peloton and the mirror are, do provide more motivation than just the elliptical, um, it's nice to have the elliptical. If I have legitimate work I need to get done on my phone or if I'm on a conference call, I can do that on the elliptical. On the other hand, I also do belong to a studio that does hot Pilates and hot yoga and high, in interval, um, high intensity interval training because I get motivated by people around me and it keeps me from being bored. Yeah. And it even offers that social aspect. We don't have a lot of time for friends in our lives. And so if I can combine physical fitness with um, friends, neighbors, you know, other folks with whom I want to spend my time, we can go to a class together. And I find that to be a little bit healthier than going out for cheeseburger and fries. So. <laughs> no, it's much fun. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I'd put the plug in for the, any men who are listening about the stretching and the Pilates. That's one thing we've done a poor job of, uh, and yet it's incredibly important as we get older is to stretch uh, and, and do Pilates or yoga. I don't like it as much as lifting weights, but I do it once every two weeks and get a lot out of it. Can you, each of the panelists tell us what motivates you to do these activities? There's a lot of different reasons, and there's even data showing that all-cause mortality is lower in people who exercise on a regular basis, just based on the number of hours. Um, but aside from trying to reduce your, or your risk of death, what are the other reasons <laughs> that you might engage in physical activity? Well, part of it is reduced risk of death. So my uh, kids are old now, they're teenagers, but when I was pregnant with my first, I found out my cholesterol was really high. And it can be elevated in pregnancy, but it remained abnormal afterwards. And I thought at that time, I was like, well, I'll exercise a couple of times a week whenever I don't have an early meeting or a late night. And then at that point, I was like, every day, it has to be every day yeah. now. Because once you have a health issue, you don't want right. that to affect anything. Right. Uh, for me, there's, there's a, many reasons why I do it. One is uh, to clear my mind. Yeah. So I just I just don't perform as well, you know, whether it be in the operating room too, physically, or just thinking well, or even writing. You know, on my research days, I'll wake up and start working, but then I hit a wall mentally. Then I go to the gym, come back, and I'm I'm good to go again for several hours. Yeah. So, yeah. and also, you know, the physical demands in the operating room. When I came out of training, I think I was in the worst shape of my life, and I was coming out with you know pain in my shoulders, pain in my back, and I thought, okay. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> I'm not as old as Dr. Serfolio. You're, you're, you're still not old yet, and that's yes, why. Yes. And that's why I thought, I've got a long career ahead of me. I better get it together. And so I can, you know, withstand some of these longer operations and not come out of the OR feeling like I've, you know, yeah. just totally spent. Right. So I think, you know, it's multifactorial. We're talking about wellness, but of course, it's not all physical. It's as much mental for me. That's right. I get depressed. Really, if I haven't worked yeah. out for two or three days, it's it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, so I need it really for my own mental sake. Um, it just completely energizes me. It's been a part of my life since I was three years old. I'm totally addicted to it, and it makes me perform better in all aspects of my life. And I think if you know, surgery is an impact sport. Uh, it's a mental and physical grind and you're a professional athlete. I mean, your nutrition has to be perfect. You should have a mental coach. You should not be working out on all your muscles. It, that's what it takes to really finish this marathon and not just give your patient a good outcome because everything is patient, patient, patient. Yeah, I love the patient too, but I also love our surgeons and our doctors at our hospital. And it's for them to get through all the challenges of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And for me, the reasons why I do it, of course, are the same that you've mentioned. I, I, I have children. I want to be around a long time. And I, I enjoy the health benefits, but 
It is about clearing your mind, as you mentioned, and um, for me, it's rejuvenating. Uh, there are a lot of people who say, oh, well, you know, why don't you take a four-hour nap? There's no time for that, but I do have time for like a 45-minute workout <laughs> or something like while I'm getting some work done or whatever it may. So it's, it's a pretty easy way to kind of get refreshed, get rejuvenated, get a fresh start. I find that I am impatient with other people in my life when I don't exercise. It's a good place for me to take out some of that anxiety and emotions and just kind of reset myself when I've had something you know, that what that might be upsetting or stressful or all those other aspects of our day. But I do want to get back to something that Dr. Brown mentioned. Um, so surgery, that in terms of the job that we do, it really can sometimes include long cases. The ergonomics may not always be good. Oh. And it may be physically straining on our bodies, particularly over the long term. So can anyone speak to perceived benefits or benefits they've experienced related to being physically fit and how that helps you literally in the operating room? Yeah, I'll say that one big thing that I noticed when I came out of training is that over time, if you're not, you know, working the muscles in the way that you should be, um, and you have, a, you know, overuse of some and underuse of others, you can actually change your posture. Mm -hmm. So I came out with my shoulders kind of rolled over, and that led to some health problems with my back. And then when I first hired a trainer and I started going to her, she she said, okay, we, we need to fix a lot of problems here. Yeah. <laughs> and she was working on muscles that I just wasn't using. And, and, and we started slow and then we worked up and now it's to the point where everything else is basically in harmony and I don't have those problems anymore. Obviously, sometimes it starts to, you know, you, something gets off balance and you got to rein it back in. But that for me has been the number one because I'm in way better shape than I was before. And, and so and I would add massage. So I used mm -hmm. to get massage once a week. I now get it three times a week. Uh, I wish I had done that earlier in my life. I had my kids and you're worried that not everyone can afford an elliptical machine yeah. in their home. <laughs> well, that's true. But I, again, I see this as an investment in, right. in my own future. Yeah. And it's made a huge difference. And I wish I had done it when I was doing a thousand operations a year for about a decade. I was only doing it on Sunday. It probably was a mistake. Uh, I've had some knee surgery recently because of that. I have avoided my laminectomy on my neck, but I have neck problems. I think every single surgeon is going to go through that. And, the, yeah. and you want to be, you know, you don't want to take leftovers home. And I think too many of us bring leftovers home. You want to bring home everything to your family after day work. You can't do that without mental nutrition and physical fitness. Well, and for those of you who can't afford the time or the money to have three mas massages Sometimes per week. Sometimes four. <laughs> what I, you can do myofascial release on your own. All you need is a lacrosse ball, a tennis ball. Some of the, um, the foam rollers work really well. And recently I invested in one of those hyper vice. It's a, it's a high impact. It's a, it has different, five different attachments and it really gets in the muscle. It's a, it's a, it's a device that you can do self massage. Obviously you can't reach your back and things like that. But sometimes if you do those things at home, then you can spread out the, the deep tissue massages yeah. that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> I, I don't get massages ever, so maybe it's something <laughs> I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another, thing, another thing to consider is um, for those of us who are not of very great stature and we're standing on steps in the OR, they're never exactly level, and you, you don't realize it, but over hours and hours of being on that step, it can really, you're basically working out those really fine muscles of your back for hours at a time. And so for me, what I found is that some of the um, activities that really focus on core strength have kept me from having joint pain all over my body from standing on, on those steps. So I think trying to work on core activity is really good for those that have to stand on the steps. Plus the headlamp. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have a 
a ab competition with my kids every Christmas, whether they want it or not, because the concept of me having to lose to one of them, which of course I do, because yeah. they're all great shape and teenagers, but it, it, I do think the core, the core is not your abdomen, it's really from your knees to your chest. All those muscles, especially the posterior chain, makes all the difference in the world. So we've mostly been talking about exercise, and you did bring up um, massage, myofascial release, and some of these other things that we can do. And in the ways that we neglect ourselves as surgeons, it's not just lack of exercise for a lot of people. It can be failure to do routine wellness exams, routine labs, doing many of the other normal healthcare things that we advise everyone else to do. Um, I'm curious, in that you have all demonstrated commitment to your health and your bodies in terms of exercise, if you are all also very good about going to the dentist every six months and doing all of your routine screening exams, and if it's just general commitment to your health, and um, if you could just comment on your thoughts on how we as surgeons could do a better job in that arena. I would say I found a dentist that has nighttime hours <laughs> that are till eight o'clock at night. And so I have been going to the dentist and I, it is really important that you go to get those maintenance appointments. Yeah. You know, I, my spouse got ill several years ago and that really changes your priorities yeah. that you really have to be up on uh, what your cholesterol is, your blood pressure and all those good things. I agree. I think those things are very important. Um, I, I have a dentist. I love my dentist. And uh, I keep up with those things. I'm good about, you know, annual screening mammogram. Um, not looking forward to the first colonoscopy. I hear that age has, has decreced at the yeah, first. Yeah, they've dropped it from 50 to 45. I've had it. It's not that bad. I don't want to hear you about it. You can operate later in the day if you don't tell anybody. Propofol is a wonderful thing. Yeah, don't start till 2 p.m. But you can still do it. Yeah. I think those things are important, and you got to keep up with them. We tell our patients to do it and, you know, talk about early detection. I mean, that's, all, that's what it's all about, right? So... I'm on board with those things. Um, yeah, I make time for it. I so, unfortunately, everything else I've taken this on st to the steroid level too. In that, uh, <laughs> I've had a pet. Yeah, Give us yeah, yeah. No, well, actually, I have had a pet. I got a pet scan just because I sent so many patients for one that extra, and I did it. But that's not what I mean. I actually have someone that draws blood every six every six months. Uh, just routine blood work, um, and I think that's part of it. And then also, this guy's like a quote coach that helps with the mental aspect and the physical aspect. And it's interesting to see changes in some of your blood levels based on really how how well you've been working out and where you are, and also does total body fat content, all these nutritional things. I'm gonna take a lot of different shakes. I, I don't really take any vitamins, but I just have vitamin C. But I think there's so much more to this that we could bring to our colleagues to reduce stress. And over the next 10 years, given the workforce that's coming with their different culture uh, and our ability to be much more proactive, uh, I actually wanted to give our surgeons a massage at NYU, and I was told HR didn't approve that one just yet. <laughs> but I think we need to be proactive and really help our younger surgeons get yeah. through this. And it's the whole litany. It's not just physical, it's mental, it's nutritional, and it is blood work, et cetera. The, the nutrition is a big deal, because yeah. I think about that a lot. It's very hard to eat well in a hospital with the food that's provided in the hospital. And, um, you know, I think a lot of hospitals do a great job of providing a fitness center where people can have memberships. I don't think any of us use them, but they have, they have try to find ways to make that happen. And I think there's really been minimal effort to try to um, find ways to ensure that there's nutritious food available for physicians. I mean, there's a Chick-fil-A in the hospital where I work, but that's not exactly what I'm interested in having. So it, it can be pretty hard to find simple, healthy things in a lot of hospitals. So. Well, it can be, and that's where I learned the importance of planning ahead for my trainer. Right. 
So most of the fitness uh, folks, they will meal prep on Sundays. Sunday night. And you got to get your everything lined up for the entire week, which is easy for me to do because if I cook one or two things, that will last me all week. Right. But and you then only I really, eat out of the bucket. You only eat what you bring right, in. Right, you only eat what you bring in. So and, and, if you, and if you plan and you track your macros yeah. every day, you know, that's there's a big the difference. In, yeah. in, but it's easier. It's just easier. It's different for Dr. Sfrolio to say that with his children being grown or for you mm -hmm. to say that in your situation because there was a time in my life where Sunday night was make baby food for the next week. You're you know, right. So people have different, different ways to do it. So there may be a number of different strategies. Um, and whether that's even just buying a box of protein bars and having that yep. in your bag, that's something that I've done. Or, or even like um, going to Costco and getting like the bags of the little peanuts or the balanced breaks and carrying those things around. So even if you don't have time to do elaborate meal prep, it's possible to find other ways to bring stuff from home to, to have nutritious but, options. But I think you should protein pace. I think you should have 20 grams or 25 grams of high quality protein every four to six hours. We don't eat enough. You know, most of us eat in the morning and then we operate for eight hours. Yeah. It's terrible for you. So you should be protein pacing and we should be doing these things. And if you check a box and you monitor yourself, you can do it. But what it about matters. pacing? But what about intermittent fasting? So New intermittent Journal fasting. Medicine article. Isn't that the definition of being a surgeon well, yeah. is intermittent That's fasting? That's what I thought intermittent too. fasting, <laughs> there's some very good new data for it. You mm -hmm. know, I got my personal trainer degree, so I get this, this booklet. And the last years have become very popular. It depends what you're doing for. For weight loss, it's great. If you're building muscle mass, okay. you can't really do that depending on how you're lifting. So it depends on the goal. But yeah, there's good data for it. That's good data. And the one thing too that, I, uh, that my trainer told me, and this is when I was injured, and I was you know kind of down, and I said, oh, I should just... You know, what's the point? I can't make any progress, right? And she said, whoa, whoa, whoa. this whole paradigm is 80% diet, 20% exercise. So you yeah. cannot exercise away a bad diet. I think that's the, her take home yeah, point. And so even if you're injured or you're having, you know, you're on call and you're very busy, if you can adhere to a good diet, you're 80% yeah. of the way there. So just to change directions, for one last question for you all. Um, we've talked about different ways that we exercise, some people doing it more of a social activity, some people doing it at home alone. Um, for me, I, I kind of feel torn because in some ways it's one thing I do for myself and I like working out and not having people talk to me and bother me and I'm pretty sure that Dr. Brown feels the same way as well. <laughs> but also in some ways I do like, you know, we're all pulled in a million directions and I think to get adequate work-life balance, you have to combine things together. So sometimes that means for me, you know, going for a run while pushing a stroll and hanging out with my kids or going to a Pilates class with some friends I haven't seen in a while um, or, you know, even going to the gym at STS and seeing, uh, you know, surgeon friends that I haven't seen in a while and chatting with them there. So I think for me, I like to do both, but I know a lot of people feel very strongly sometimes where they say they only want to exercise alone because that's the only way that they can really get the full um, I guess, refreshment to prevent burnout, whereas others really want to combine it with other activities. So I was wondering if you guys could comment on that. So I, I feel, for me, I had three young boys, and when they were one or two, they were my barbells. Uh, <laughs> and my wife uh, had all these videos of me lifting them up, and so we always worked out together. And when yeah. they were three, they were jumping around like knuckleheads. Yeah. But it became part of our culture that we would work out every day as a family. Yeah. And then as they got older, there were different extras. So I think you have to you know, be flexible as things go along. And, and now I don't work out with my kids because they have, you know, they're division one athletes, it's different, but can't I- Can't keep up with them, huh? Yeah, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't keep up with them if they have their own coach yeah. in a different college. But I think, so I wanted to put it together. So for me, I like to work out with my family. Mm -hmm. So I, I tend to work out alone, but when I travel, I think that's something we haven't talked about yet. Like when you travel to meetings, a lot of people drop their exercise routine, mm. but that's actually how I've gotten to know a lot of people. Yeah. 
in our specialty is they're this they're in the gym every yes, morning yeah, yeah. like bill baumgartner yeah. kevin Ackler, they're always there I'll, oh you'll see yeah, it tomorrow yeah. well and we all have our different loyalties to the different hotels so i know who <laughs> who goes to the marriott's and the westins <laughs> and who goes to the gym in that specific group so i don't know everyone who goes to the gym just the people of the same and hotel the, loyalty program and your time <laughs> your time yeah but it, during, when i'm exercising alone in the morning it'll usually guide what I do. Like if I have to read or do a paper and I have to do it and that's the only time I have and I have to choose between exercising or doing that, I'll do the bike. So I can yeah. sit there and turn right. the pages. Right, right. Um, or I might swim with my daughter and while I'm swimming laps, she'll be doing something else crazy in the pool, but yeah. we're still together. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm very different because I don't have children. And so for me, I've just been, um, and I've always done a lot of individual sports growing up. So when I was a lot younger, I did softball and team sports, but then I, I really evolved into cross country, cycling, swimming, triathlon. And so I, I it's my time to just, yeah. I'm also very much into music, is put the music music yeah. on very loud and hit it. And that's, yeah. that's, how, that's, that's how I clear my head. That, or come a, up with some of my best research ideas. But yeah. the, I think, you know, the, the role of music. So when I come in, I, you know, I, I live alone. I have a girlfriend, but she's in Florida half the time. I come in and put music out of the house. It makes such a difference to, as to come in and just putting the TV on. So I think music as you work right. out or music in your life, uh, there's, there's some role we haven't completely figured out, real benefit there. Do you have music in the operating room? So I used to all the time. When I became a robotic surgeon, the communication from the console to the bedside is different, so we don't play it, but I miss it. Mm -hmm. And you could probably reincorporate it. Um, so I used to use listen to music all the time up until I became a robotic surgeon. Yeah, I have this theory about the music in the OR that just like athletes, there's a bell-shaped curve of performance, and that if you're too you know, hyped up, you're not gonna perform as well, and if you're yeah. not activated enough, you're not gonna perform as well. So yeah. I listen to music that's pretty much up the middle for me, that doesn't get me my heart going too fast. <laughs> and also, it's not too slow, then, you know, stuff that I want to sleep to, but it's it's classic rock. <laughs> yeah, classic. But again, this is wellness. Yeah. I mean, this is all part of it. The, uh, meditation, stretching, uh, all of these things, massage, nutrition. This is all part of the wellness, not just, you know, the elliptical. Terrific. Does anyone else have any other closing thoughts? Dr. Brown, Dr. Lawton? I was just going to say, outside the operating room, like at a meeting, I'm uncomfortable sitting all day, but in my office, I have a standing desk which I highly recommend. Yeah. I would say one thing too is just knowing yourself and also we didn't talk about knowing when you need alone time and when you need social time. So me not having a, you know, a family at my house, sometimes I think, sometimes it's very easy to go to work and come back and go to work and come back. And before you know it, you haven't really gone out for a week and you're thinking, what, what's going on? So you gotta schedule these things in and yeah. then when you schedule them, show up. Yeah, sure. I, I like the idea of really changing your workout every three months. So. I'm a member of Beachbody, and I'll give you different <laughs> workouts. Uh, and, you know, they all focus on core. They're 35 to 40. This is not an advertisement for Beachbody. <laughs> but uh, they're short 45-minute workouts that can that if you just can put plug and play, you don't have to think about it. You can do all the muscles and get your cardiovascular and your core and stretch. So I like things that change, including swimming and doing other activities. Terrific. Well, we, I'd like to thank all of the panelists for their wonderful experience and expertise and sharing all of your knowledge with the audience today. And that concludes this session of CTSNet Roundtable. Thank you for listening to CTSNet to go, your resource for podcasts focusing on cardiothoracic surgery. Find more discussions as well as surgical videos and other cardiothoracic surgery resources at ctsnet.org. You can also keep up with CTSNet by subscribing to the YouTube channel 
at CTSNet video, by following at CTSNet.org on Twitter, or by liking CTSNet's page on Facebook. I'm Shanda Blackman. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of CTSNet to Go. Have a great day.